Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. Ahoy there, mateys. It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. This evening, Neptune and Bandit, uh, you know, we're... We, we've been trying to continue this conversation we've been handing about, you know, we've been kind of having about the uh, ongoing general fuckery of the United States government and, you know, the, the current state of affairs and corruption and such like that. And, and Neptune was like, hey, man, I got a buddy that we need to bring on here and talk to you. So this evening, this fella here, Jeffrey Dunfrey, is joining us. He also has a, a military background and such. And so I figured he'd they said he'd have a good perspective and you know how i feel about people with great perspectives i employ them to come over here and get that get that perspective out here for the world to hear so um right before we get started of course you guys i appreciate you guys coming on this evening how's everyone doing doing good Excellent. thanks for having me fantastic yes sir yes sir and and we're gonna change things up this evening um to start off the show i want to first shout out everybody that's uh listening on all the audio apps you know we appreciate you guys listening up and everybody watching on Rumble and Odyssey and BitChute, you know, thank thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, checking us out and listening to us and giving us the Rumbles and the likes and all the love that you've been giving us and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I know I usually do this at the end of the show, but I'm trying something a little bit different. So tonight I'm going to go ahead and just get our sponsor plugs out of the way so that we can just continue through the show and end on a good note this evening. So you guys make sure you get out there and check out our uh, sponsors and such like Kirk Elliott. You can find him at kirkelliottphd.com forward slash Jim Bob forward slash. That's for gold and silver and consulting needs. And you can check out Peachy Key Creations and um, you can find her at Etsy and Facebook. And if you use code uh, Oval Shorts 3, you'll get 10% off your order. And she's got candles and soaps and, you know, all that good homemade stuff that you guys are looking for that's a lot healthier than the crap that's on the store shelves. And then, of course, lastly, and this is a good one, I think, that would be that goes right along with this episode this evening and a good point to last on or end on with this is uh, make sure you check out Ammo Can Survival. Ammo Can's a good young dude out there with a good head on his shoulders, and he's trying to get out there and make sure he takes care of your camping, first aid, and custom plate carrier needs. And you can find him on Instagram at Ammo Can Survival. And if you use Captain Conspiracy 420, you'll get 10% off your order when you order through him. And, you know, you guys go give these folks some love because they're, they're the ones kind of helping us make this show be possible and such. And don't forget to get out there and get your Unconstitutional Awakening merch. And, you know, so I, I like I said, I wanted to do things a little different this evening. That's why we started the evening off with that. And so from here, we can just kind of jump into it. So what you got for me, Neptune? I know you're, you're foaming at the mouth here, man. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, Jeremy, uh, once again, thanks for coming on this evening, man. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, we we do we do this a lot, so really appreciate your input and your feedback. Uh, I think you're a wealth of knowledge. You've been around the world. Band has been around the world. You guys are a little more well traveled than I am. Uh, but I, with that being said, you know we were actually just talking about this particular issue last night. 
specifically around the, the current structure of the courts, uh, of Congress. And we've talked about this pretty extensively in the past, but I wanted to know what your thoughts are on, on where we stand, you know, politically. So it's not a secret that obviously the country's divided and it's probably the worst it's ever been. But what are your thoughts on the, uh, the, the attempts, the, I, I call it a horseshoe theory where eventually both ends meet and they, they come back around to the same conclusion, which is, which is authoritarian in nature. So what do you, what are your thoughts on, on where we stand? Well, I think, um, especially right now with uh, certain political party trying to change the structure of the Supreme Court, um, it, that in and of itself um, could potentially turn into quite a nightmare. Um, unfortunately, we're to the point now where it matters who we appoint to the Supreme Court. If a judge was truly being bipartisan, which they should be appointed to do and uphold the Constitution, that shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't matter who is in power at the time that those appointments go to. So that's my first thought about the Supreme Court. The second thought is, um, I've read a few books on them, one being uh, The Men in Black Robes, I believe it is, written by a lawyer who worked as the chief of staff for Ed Meese in the Reagan administration. And basically he outlined the governmental overreach specifically from the Supreme Court. Um, and it's transitioned from uh, the way it was supposed to be with the checks and balances system, if I can revert back to my third grade description, um, to more or less a judicial oligarchy, um, where now everything has to be run through the Supreme Court and the government is not functioning how it was initially set up and intended to function. So that's my opinion of the state of the Supreme Court that, at this point. Was that was that book, um, uh, Men in Black, How the Supreme Court is Destroying America? I believe so. It was by written Levin? by Mark Levin. Levin yep, okay. absolutely. Right. Well, of course, you guys know I'm good about trying to make sure we share this stuff for the folks out there that are listening and if they want to go check this book out because I'm all about reading some books, man. I think I think that's where you find a lot of your knowledge at is through – you know, writing, like, I, don't get me wrong, the internet's a great place, but picking up a good book comes with a lot of information. That yeah. was uh, one of my favorites. And then there's a couple other ones that he has written um, that were uh, particularly fascinating. And what I enjoyed about his books is they aren't, um, take your Bill O'Reilly, where he just has somebody write his books for him and so on and so forth. And he uses a pen name, Mark actually does his research um, and you can see the cited sources in the back of all his books. I mean, he's got 10, 15, 20 pages of cited sources that he's done the research himself. So with that in mind, that's actually a, I've never read that book. So I think I'm going to have to check that one out myself. Uh, so with that being, with that being said, obviously I think we're all aware of the in, impending uh, the possibility of legislation that could come through, which will overwrite the previous statute, which gave the Supreme Court nine seats to increase that. And I b do believe the intention there was to increase it to, I think, uh, Jimmy, keep me honest here. I think it was 15 seats. Uh, uh, so th the potential of 
obviously I I'm not going to speculate where I think that legislation is going to go, but it, it does set a precedent that uh, in the, as you mentioned, Jeremy, with, with the way partisanship divide has made the, the situation in this country even worse. It's not unfair to say that whoever gets it, appointed, it would be, They want to take it from nine to 13. 13. Okay. Thank you. So I don't think that it's unfair to say that the, the Supreme court would almost become uh, beholden to uh, the person or persons that appointed them. Uh, so it almost becomes an extension of, of, of Congress in that way through, through the voting process. And as you mentioned, you know, the ability of uh, all three branches to keep each other in check, I believe it's far and away. It's, it, it's run away so far. I don't know if it could ever be cur curtailed really because the Supreme court now has uh, an, an inner, insurmountable amount of power as does the executive branch in which I, I will just clarify that there are some decisions that the Supreme Court has made that I agree with. There are some that I don't, uh, both in ethics and in principle, but uh, obviously the, the, the real notion of keeping the, the legislative and the executive branches in line is, I, I think it has historically been a good thing, but it doesn't work out in practice. And I think it's getting worse, especially with the, with, with the way things are heading. Uh, let, him, let, him, let him pack it yeah. to 13. Let him pack it to 13. We'll, we'll just accelerate, you know? Yeah. We, uh, we'll, just, we'll just accelerate. Oddly enough, time. that isn't the first attempt to try to reorganize the Supreme Court. I think it was uh, Roosevelt who initially had – this idea to stack the Supreme Court and his vice president stopped him from doing this. If, if I remember the story properly, um, I, I may have my facts mixed up, but I think that Roosevelt was the initial president that, uh, or was the first person to try to reorganize the Supreme Court to try to get them to rule in his favor in, in, in the arena of different policies. Do you remember if this was, um, uh Theodore Roosevelt, or was this FDR during the early years before World War II? I want to say it was FDR. I believe it was FDR. I don't think it was Theodore. I, it, it seems to me that the uh, the power the the government bestowed uh, for all their attempts to keep themselves in check, I feel like has only has only increased. Uh, yes. In the um, in the aftermath of the Second World War, in fact, I've mentioned that on the on the podcast in the past. That 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 worthless asshole FDR was planning a court packing on February fifth of nineteen thirty seven, and he wanted as many as fifteen judges to uh, to pack the court so that he could neutralize Supreme Court justices hostile to the New Deal. Mm. Yep. So we've been here before. Yes. Yes, sir. And what makes it even worse, though, all of this garbage that is going on right now is it's. This is just saber rattling before the midterms, man. That's all this is. 
the way this have you, have you seen this nonsense with the the assault weapons ban have you guys watched these idiots define what an assault weapon is did, did you guys even see this nonsense yeah i don't think i was i don't think i did Please my don't. homework if on you it. I haven't seen it. I have unfortunately been cursed with the, the brain cancer that is watching these Congress people who know zero about weapons trying to define what an assault weapon is. Especially shit his pants, Nad- Nadler, Jerry Nadler. Oh, jeez. And <laughs> I can't sickling. Sickling was her. I can't remember. And there was another one. Talking about organs exploding and rupturing, people being decapitated by the rounds. Um, if you put a pistol brace, if you put a pistol brace on an AR platform, that combined with the buffer tube makes that weapon fully automatic. Oh, I am not kidding you. That is exactly what they said. Well, and see here, I thought it was a class three. Three federal firearms license that I needed to get for that, and it's just a pistol brace. Idiots think that because they, <laughs> because the AR platform is so scary, and that the the round tumbles that it's more deadly than a thirty out six round. These guys, it was hilarious to watch their pure ignorance when they were talking about firearms. <laughs> it, it, it's it's just. There is so much nonsense in this. If this passes, we are absolutely doomed. As as so, not just we're doomed anyway, but just humanity as a whole because of this complete and utter stupidity, we are doomed. I'm we're yeah. doomed. I'm curious. I can, I'm not familiar with the term tumbling. Can somebody explain that to me? The five. 5.56 round when it leaves the uh, when it leaves the barrel of an AR platform. Correct. Uh, depending, on, depending on the length of the barrel, whatever, um, leaves at pr- approximately 3,200 feet per second. Muzzle velocity is right. Um, right. This right here. Like so, if, you go to, if you go to the range, sometimes you'll see holes in the target like this sometimes like that the tumbling aspect makes it so deadly so correct me if i'm wrong but the rifling in the barrel would make that almost a an anomaly based on the physics they were talking that they were just using this complete it was just they were going strictly based on the platform they had no idea that both there are bolt action rifles and the mini 14 fire that exact same round um they wanted to ban ak's not realizing the sks fires the same exact ammo it all is about appearances to these stupid fucking idiots man agreed it's It's optics the extendable butt stock on an ar makes it makes it more powerful they said that the extendable buttstock on an AR platform makes the weapon more powerful. This is this is one of the the, the key issues I I have is I need to stop talking with, about this because I feel my blood pressure going up. When I think of the people who get voted 
into elected offices. And uh, and we actually brought this up last night again. Uh, you think of it in terms that, you know, politicians can, with the exception of the president, obviously, have the capability of essentially staying in political office for life. And we still for Biden. Strom Thurmond ha had up until probably it's, it's got to be close. Thurmond was in office most of his life. He was in office until he was a walking ghost. He he's he retired like two weeks before he died. And it just when I think about the the means by which we vote for these people and then the their voter base. It's like I liken it to the, you know, pull out a bunch of buzzwords and eventually something will stick because it sounds like it makes sense or it will to somebody. And yet it's all weapons grade bullshit. And especially pandering these these assault weapons bans. I want all the weapons bans, including the National Firearms Act, the Gun Control Act 68, uh, the Hughes Amendment. I want it gone. I want it graveyard dead. This but, thing is going to get but, shot down so quicker than a Japanese zero during Pearl Harbor, man, <laughs> by the Supreme Court. Yeah. Seriously. And, right. And, and this, there again. Oh, sorry. No, it, it's I, it, it only just made it out of the Democratic Judiciary Committee, whatever. Mm -hmm. It hasn't even made it to the House floor for a vote or the Senate floor right. for a vote. This is asinine, and I'm likening it to uh, trying to get votes for the midterm because, from all intents and purposes, they're about to get fucking steamrolled by yeah, the Republicans. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. But I'm not it trying to sound. I'm not trying to sound statist. Okay, and please, man, do <laughs> not do not liken me to a statist. All right. Uh, yeah, Jeremy knows we have uh, pretty pretty wild views, so. Uh, I told them keep an open mind, but you know it illustrates a larger point, though, right? Even if it never makes it to the Senate floor, even if it never makes it to the House, it's still the problem. Why did we fucking elect these people in the first place? Why do we have these people even having political office when they know nothing about the subject matter? I didn't vote. Absolutely, I didn't. But and and I and I and I like to bring this up every every time we come around to like um. Like not so much in the show, but when we come around to voting season and stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. like everybody was boohooing about Trump, you know, losing the get, getting it stole from him. <clears throat> and I got two things to say with that. First of all, haha, you idiots! I've been telling you that that's how it always works for a long yep. time. Yep. And number two yep. is if you act, if voting actually worked the way that people think voting worked, the majority yeah. wins, correct? Yeah. Well, how come almost 80% of America said, fuck you, we're not taking part in this, and less than 20% was able to get it voted in? Like, So this is the minority oppressing the majority. That's all it is. Absolutely. That's why I think democracy is a dictatorship. Yeah, it's a majorial <laughs> dictatorship, and we live in a constitutional republic, and right. to the republic for which it stands. That's what these people – seriously, you know, you can't debate these complete and utter fool. You can't debate these people. They right. will rely on emotions rather than factual statistics online, man. You cannot. It is like we have seen whenever this 
uh, gun talk comes up online, it brings out some of the biggest idiots. You know, I, I like to go back to, does anybody have, uh, have we played that video by California State Senator DeLeon? <laughs> Yeah, we did that one a few episodes back. <laughs> the, thir the 30 caliber clip. This is a ghost gun that can uh, shoot, that can fire a 30 caliber clip and dispense with 60 bullet clip in less than half a second. This is what we're talking about. These people are writing down on paper laws that are going to take away your, they're trying to take away your guns right on know nothing they don't know a single thing about what they're in trying what they're trying to ban it yep. should be a requirement for these idiots to take an iq test or a test before they write into law anything they should have to take a fucking test on what they're trying to ban or regulate you know what i mean yeah. and anytime they talk to a real expert on a subject matter what winds up turning into is a completely distorted uh version of those events anytime you know like like vox I'll, and vice i'll give them credit for trying to reach out to people and understand the subjects and then they just turn around and say no that doesn't appeal it doesn't appeal to our audience we have to twist this and it's it's completely changed from what the original story was haven't they done a piece on us before or at least a couple uh, of us from UA, like rooters vox vice didn't they write some yeah, I right? think Vox, Vox got you. Bellingcat got me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that, man. Yeah, all right. I'm just the general extremist that was involved in all of it. Yeah, yeah. really. I mean, they've done, so many, they, one way they've, other, they've done so many on all of us at this point. I'm surprised we aren't on every federal watch list imaginable. We are. We are. We are. <laughs> There's no way we're not. But at this point in time... At it's not a party time, until you're on a watch list. Doesn't, it does't really matter, you know? Even in right. It, it's just, you know, I, I rant about, you know, even though we don't vote. I didn't vote. I haven't voted in eight years. I've completely gotten disenfranchised with the whole thing, and I've, I've just completely... Right. But so, if, you aren't, if you aren't on the list, are you really living? Exactly. Uh but even when to, I was a register, even when I was a Republican, I didn't vote, man. I was just a Republican just to say I was a Republican because that's what my dad was was a Republican. So I thought it was like, oh, cool, I'll do what my dad did and I'll be I'll support the Republican candidates. And then thanks to these guys, I woke up and went, Holy shit, what is this, man? I went from Republican to libertarian to anarchist in about six months <laughs> i was a libertarian so short of amount of time i didn't even really know what a libertarian was and then i was just like man i ain't bad man i'm not even a libertarian anymore man i'm a straight anarchist and that's right. usually how it goes though you know that's usually how it goes though for most anarchists they spent they spend they spend yeah. such a short amount of time as a libertarian that they don't even really understand what a libertarian is before they jump ship and become an anarchist. Like, it's okay to admit libertarians that you're still statist. It's okay for you to admit that, really. It because you are though. You're still putting your, you're still putting political. You're still putting your political back. You're still politically backing a candidate, a libertarian candidate. So that still technically makes you a statist. You're just a Republican with a bong. 
my comment on that really is that you know you 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 can't be you can't be pro freedom <laughs> and still for government at the same time it, even just a little bit of government sorry. even just a little bit of government sorry, if sorry. If you get rid of everything and you still fucking support your HOA in your neighborhood, you're still supporting a type of a government, man. You're still reporting. You're still like putting your backing behind rules and regulations and still forcing people to conform to how you think they should be. Even yep. the, It's got to go from the federal level all the way down to the HOA. It's all got to go, man. Yeah. So it closing the loop on how that especially with how that really applies to the subject of gun control and the fact that these fucking idiots uh, get voted in and have no idea what they're talking about and continue to pander to the people that vote for them. And you go through this infinite cycle, fucking vote for these people again and again and again and again and again and call it the lesser of two evils or call it whatever the hell you want. I don't care. It boils down to do you support your individual rights your individual natural whatever the hell you believe in rights that's what it comes down to in 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 my view and i don't think that we have which i do am glad that we have this podcast and are able to reach people but i don't think we have gotten to enough yet because there will always be and i know it's never going to be zero we have so many people who will simply just vote because they and i'm going to probably sound like a broken record at this point they insist man is not capable of self-rule and they want power they want control they want to control someone else including taking away someone's well, right mean, to own firearms kind of, that's kind of dumb why, why why do you think that people need control and then you want to be put people in charge like that's that's kind of like running in a circle, isn't it? Chasing your own tail. <laughs> I agree, but I, I feel like that's the, that's the nature of mob rule, isn't that? Yes. <laughs> the thing is with this whole gun control thing is everybody wants to, you know, the Second Amendment, you know, it shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed, man. Not one single inch. And everybody's just like, well, well it's well-regulated militia. No, you need to read the Federalist Papers. Amen. You know, all the writers of the Constitution, everybody who penned their signature on that Constitution fully intended for all citizens to be armed and, that, and their arms not be taken away. And I constantly is like, you need to read the Federalist Papers, man. That'll put, into, that'll, that'll put the Bill of Rights into a whole, you know, different, you know, look, you know. So, touching on that gun control uh, subject, <laughs> the I, I, I love that <laughs> the uh, shooting that almost happened in the Indianapolis Mall this past week. I was explaining to somebody after the Uvalde, Texas shooting, that couldn't understand why the police were standing outside while this over two hundred of them. We're yeah, four hundred. We're four hundred. Three hundred and eighty-six. Yep. We're why all the cops were standing outside while this idiot systematically assassinated children, and they were shocked. 
to find out that the our beloved Supreme Court ruled that law enforcement is under no legal obligation to protect you in a life and death situation. That's right. Yep. That was so the Florida one then, a few years ago. That Park, that Parkland. Role. Parkland. Was it? Yep. The yeah. Parkland. So, that sheriff's deputy got his job back and back pay because he hid. He hid behind his cruiser in the parking mm -hmm. lot. The same thing happened in Parkland. They fired him. And because of that Supreme Court ruling that said police are no under no obligation to protect you, they gave him his job back with back pay. Yep. So why nobody is coming to save you except yourself. That's it. Exactly. That's, why that's then it. would you try to take away my only means to defend myself and my family? It is you are not morally superior. Nope. To become a victim to choose to be a victim rather than to protect your family by any means necessary. My rights then, don't end where your freedom or how's it go? My rights don't, my rights your don't end where, yeah. where your feelings begin or whatever. Right. Something like that. And, oh. and yeah, you know, thinking about that, I mean, let's, I mean, let's face facts here too. I mean, you give them a prime example of why you should have people armed. This guy yep. is carrying two weeks after SCOTUS ruled, uh, you know, constitutional, constitutional carry, constitutional carry, and yeah. then you show him. You show an example, and they're like, "I, I don't care about that. I, I'm fine with more death if it validates my viewpoint." May I? I am exactly. so, I'm so, I'm so done debating. Have, and the by the way, kid was was putting carrying. rounds on target at forty yards. Eight 40 out of ten yards. Eight, eight out of ten. He hit I mean, him eight out of ten times with a nine millimeter Glock. Fifteen seconds that shooter was down. After fifteen I, seconds after it started, he closed the distance from fifty to forty, and and ended it in fifteen seconds. We had eight out of yep. ten rounds. He twenty two years old, iron sight Glock. Now, I was an expert marksman <laughs> with the AR and the pistol in the military, and that is not an easy feat to pull off. I've done stress shoots. What he before. did. I, yeah. I've done stress shoots before. That 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 is no joke because everybody's like, "Oh, he was what? adrenaline was rushing." Adrenaline does exactly the opposite of what you think it does during a firefight or during any type of stressful stress shooting. Uh, you're you're off target. Your hands are shaking. Uh, it can cause you to forget how to do something as simple as change from an empty magazine to a loaded magazine you know can can, can anyone can yep. anyone answer to me why we have a law called constitutional carry like isn't that already exist wasn't it the second amendment like i'm I'm just trying to put – I haven't been able to figure that one out myself yet. It's because they've gone so far away from the Constitution that they've had to bring it back and recognize why not? that it is What you could have been able to do in the first place. What, what, exactly. Why not? Because a license, like a concealed carry license, a license is something once the government has taken away your rights – and they sell it back to you. That's what yeah. a license is. Okay, but all right, so let me ask you this. If the constitutional carry exists, does that null and void the gun laws in that place, or can they still be used tactically against you when the cops decide to find something to charge you with? 
So that's an excellent point. I'll go ahead. I want to address that right now with the <laughs> with that with that mall shooting because it was a gun-free zone. And that was the spin that I saw in a few articles including one written by the independent that uh that was the hard question. I think that is enough of a justification in our view that we should not be restricted on where we're carrying our firearms in, in defense of ourselves and our loved ones. A hundred percent. And yeah, that's why I've always disagreed. I mean, CWP, I mean, it's, it's a nice to have in the past, but it, it is, as Jeremy said, uh, I agree a hundred percent. It's just the government selling some <laughs> shit back to you, you already owned in, in my view, but <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I think that that should stand well, as proof okay. that we... Alright, so I, I guess my perspective on this is when you start reading things like very recently we had two, two girls in Thomaston, Georgia murder this guy on a weed deal gone bad. And when you start reading into the charges that are being put against these people, it's like, it's like, because there is so many laws on the law book, they're just continuing to add. And they've even drawn a 14 year old boy and charging him with us with aid to murder in this or whatever, because apparently he helped get this guy over there. And, and like, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. So in these places that have constitutional carry, because Georgia now has constitutional carry, <clears throat> When they pop Pablo for his out tail light, and it turns out that he's got something wrong, you know, something else wrong with him, and he's constitutionally carrying, is that going to be an open door for them to charge him with something? Because they've already tried to, they're already in the process of charging him with something. And they're right. just like, well, you're not supposed to have this because this, this, this credited against this being, you know, making it illegal for you to have it, yada, yada, yada. Like, that's like, I want to know, does it null and void all of these existing laws or are cops going to still be able to, you know, the cops the are going to do shit like that no matter what, man. I know they are. I'm saying, I guess the state, like, though, like, the, like, is that is that specific county going to be able to charge it's you? It's up to the defense. It's up to the uh, what, it's up to the defense attorney. I think it shouldn't be. I think those should be null and void. I agree. I, they should out. be. They, I you agree. know they should be. We know they should be. They should be. Most of the time, none of that will really matter. That should get thrown right out in court. Most of the time. There are those cases. Look what happened in New York when that shop owner defended himself against a career felon. And... They ended up charging their shop owner with his murder when he defended himself, they even though those out. charges did get dropped. They, they, they threw it out, but originally they charged him with it. So yeah. any given time, a judge, a, a prosecuting attorney, a judge can be just like, you know what? I'm having a bad fucking day. You're fucked. You know, I, and that's another one of the big problems we have with our, our, our justice system in the United States. You know, yep. so that's a perfect segue to uh, right. So I am of the opinion that the the underlying laws that undermine constitutional carry should go out the door. Police unions are going to fight hand over fist to try to stop that from happening. Of course, we all know where that's going. 
even if it does die, if it doesn't die on the vine, it would it come down to a precedent, right? And be something else that goes up to SCOTUS eventually. Yeah, I've already, it, I've already seen it happen. Lose their mind all over again. I've already seen it happen in my county. The sheriff was like, oh, you know, constitutional carry takes away so much of our money because we're not getting money for the permits. We, already, you know, it's not about, oh, you know, it's going to be danger, more dangerous for us. You already stated ahead of time that it was just about the fucking money. Always you know? follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. You know, I, I, I made a backhanded remark to someone who was really licking the boot hard. Uh, who actually said something like that a couple days ago on Facebook, and I trolled the shit out of him. I said, why don't you just start doing spaghetti dinners like firefighters do? <laughs> I didn't get any response on that one. I thought you guys would appreciate that. All right, so let's talk about the bigger issue, though. You, you, Bandit, you mentioned the guy in New York uh, that got charged for defending himself. And this is one of the reasons I think New York is going to lose their minds. And if there is a, a ground for it, they'll probably be the first state to wind up having to undo all of it. So as we know, there are some states where they specify you must, you must retreat. You have a duty to retreat, if, even if your life is in danger. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Stand your ground. The, the right to defend yourself is not restricted under any circumstances, in my opinion. Now, with that in mind, Castle, Castle that Doctrine, is all that. Yes, that is sort of one of the underlying issues that goes into some of those states that that don't believe that you should defend yourself, even in a life threatening situation. I disagree 100 percent. And New York and that case against that against that bodega owner is a prime example of that, because. With the fact that, uh, as per that meme, uh, criminals and then gun control on a stupid little fence does nothing. You should be able to defend yourself at all times. And you should not have, a, have to have a duty to retreat. Because that means nothing to them. Because they'll just turn around, they'll just shoot you in the back and try to walk away. And speaking of that, I mean, if you look at New York... Um, Look at, I mean, speaking of laws and ridiculousness, if you took the five largest um, cities in the United States and they're they have the strictest gun laws in the United States and the highest crime, and you just like got rid of them, period, just the cities, the United States would be one of the safest nations on the United States or, or in the world. You know? I agree with that. hundred yeah. percent. Or as uh, Jimmy said, uh, just wall them off. Uh, uh, but, yeah. yeah. Amen. And Amen. They will. And they will. The, the uh, correlation between guns, like you were just saying, and crime rates, um, that myth has been dispelled. Uh, uh, I think his name was John Lott Jr. He's a statistician. He's not political um, from my knowledge, but he wrote a book uh, several years ago called More Guns, Less Crime. And it's it's actually a pretty good book. It goes into depth um, quite a bit with statistics and stuff like that. So I think if that's, um, if you want to add some more uh, 
bullet points to your argument, you know, in case you ever, ever need them. That is, that's an excellent book to read. What's the name of it again? Uh, More Guns, Less Crime. It's by John R. Lott Jr. And I'm just going to quote Bandit real quick. Bandit, how's that go? An armed society is a polite one? Yes, sir. More is that gun, it? More Guns, Less Crime. Mm -hmm. All right. Of course, again, you guys know that I try to make sure that I find this stuff, and we'll have a link up there for anybody who wants to get out there and read this book as well. Because it pulled right up, so that means it'll be a good one. Is it so, Jeremy, I have one last topic. Uh, sorry, go ahead. He um he actually was in a pretty heated debate with Piers Morgan a few years back, yeah. and mm. it's uh it, it's to the point where um he was making so much his his argument was so logical that Piers Morgan had resulted to just basically shouting him down, wouldn't let him speak the rest of the interview. It, it was it was terrible uh, that, <laughs> for that's, for Mister Lott, but. It sounds typical, though, doesn't it? I it mean, is. if they if they can't if if they're if they know they're going to lose, they will they'll just pull any wild card they can, including to the point I made earlier. I mean, you know, you've had these places they want to understand the the logic behind owning firearms, and then they'll just gaslight they'll just gaslight someone uh, if they can't right. spin it to if they can't spin it in a way that benefits them. And it never does. So, uh, y'all have something to add to that? I'm going to go off subject here. Sort of, it's sort of the same, but I'll go off subject. Um, I saw a good survey online today done by, as wild as this is, you know, it was out of Berkeley, California. Uh, that says 60% of the nation believes that there will be a civil war coming in the next couple of years. And as crazy as it is, you know, I it's going to be flip-flop this time. I really do. I think the South is going to whoop the shit out of the North. You know, I really do. Because south of the Mason-Dixon line, I think I'm pretty sure we hold the majority of the guns. And not just that, you know, it's – talk about Civil War topic – uh, this is actually going to be a great segue anyways. Uh, one side believes gonna, in guns, one side doesn't. It'd be yeah, short. And, but it'd be short and, and quick. <laughs> and these, in these major cities that always rule the vote when it comes to the polls, they're going to be boxed in on all sides. They will almost have to wall themselves off, or they're going to be up shit creek without a paddle. We're going to lay siege to them like in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Get, Jimmy, get the battering ram. Yep. <laughs> Bring out the trebuchets. Yeah. Bring out the siege machines. Yeah. You know? I, but seriously, but, though, in all actuality, it's not going to be like they think it's going to be, though. Yep. Not at all. You, you know? And is bad. I don't. I don't want that, though. You know. I don't want that because there are a lot of us out there, you know, in the nation, in, in this nation that have seen not, not just your gang shootings and violence here. And we've seen war and combat, you know, it is terrible, terrible thing to see, you know, 
And there are thousands of vets out there that have seen it a hundred times worse than what I saw. Okay. It's not something you want to see, especially like what, uh, what Mel Gibson said in the Patriot. It's not going to be fought on a foreign battlefield. It's going to be in your front yard and in your streets, you know, but see, the thing is these people can't be reasoned with. They can't, you can't talk to them. You can't reason with them. They automatically resort to a defensive tactic or emo extreme emotional outbursts and they'll lash out at you. There are there is no reasoning with these people that seek to do you harm and take away your freedom. You know? They you don't can't leave read. you alone. They don't I want to be left alone, man. You know? <laughs> and they can't be reasoned with. So guess what? Fine. You know what? <clears throat> the only thing I say to them now is like, my rights aren't up for debate. That's, That's plain it. and simple, man. My rights are not up for debate. So you, a lot of these people that you that you speak about that have seen a lot of horrible things in combat and stuff like that. So after my time in the military, I worked for the DOD for 10 years um, mm -hmm. and made some friends throughout uh, my tenure there with the DOD. Some of them were special forces. Um, in particular, one of my good friends was a swift boat gunner uh, who has quite a few friends that, such as, uh, is speaks regularly to people like Marcus Luttrell. Um, you know, it, he, uh, <clears throat> he said a lot of his friends or the guys that he served with have gone to different parts of the world. Well, I don't want to say the world, different parts of the country. A lot of them have moved to remote places like Alaska and stuff like that because they don't want to be around people. So, and those are your general guys that have seen a lot of carnage and who want to be left alone. Um, and he's of the same mindset. You know, you can't reason with a lot of these people. And he said, God help those people who force the ones who want to be left alone into a situation that they don't want to be in. So as to your point, this, the, the civil war, I mean, those are the guys um, that know what it's all about, have been there, done that, don't want to do it again. And if you force them back into that situation, there's going to be hell to pay. And uh, I think Joe Rogan spoke about that topic. Oh, he did. Well. And it was an amazing like, little leave people on alone. Yeah. Because once you break that glass and open that door yeah. and those millions of pipe hitting motherfuckers come through, rolling through that door, yep. you know, because you have threatened their way of life, you can't close that door. Nope. That, once you open that door and those millions of people come, crawl, come rushing through fully armed, yeah. you're not yeah. closing that door, man. <laughs> You've opened up, you open it up and you have to accept your consequences now yep. because Absolutely. once, once you start passing these laws and vilifying and turning these people into felons overnight and vilifying them and, and trying to arrest them because of, they chose a way of life, a way of life, you know, because they own something that is all of a sudden overnight illegal because a tyrant, an old dementia riddled tyrant decided to write something down on a piece of paper, making it illegal. You have destroyed their life. They realize uh -huh. that. 
So now their their peaceful way of thinking just goes right out the window. Right. You know? Especially when you a no knock warrant and you kick in their door in the middle of the night. I mean to to come and get these firearms or whatever that you think that they're a threat, you're gonna have yeah. to deal with the consequences. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, it, man. You can't there's going to be a lot of people that are going to peacefully just like, okay, roll over. Yep. What are you going to do if a majority don't, you know, look at the police. These, the, the police departments nationwide are gutted, like funding and personnel wise, the military's gutted now. What are you going to do? Yep. And to, to Neptune's point earlier about the South, you know, uh, being the ones who like guns and those who don't, I mean, a lot of the counties in my state have basically the county sheriff has have basically put out a memo from their department that said we will not enforce any unconstitutional gun control laws, which tells me that if somebody knocks on my door to take them, well, now you're trying to rob me so I can deal with you as somebody who was trying to break into my home. There's a lot that I've said in the past about that subject. Um, I forget who, what episode ago that was, but we talked about, um, you know, the the militarization of police, um, mm-hmm. the attempt to put the military into direct action on American soil against uh, people who who wouldn't comply with with be it federal gun control or whatever. And I, I, I lowball the, I lowball the, the figure where I say how many, what the number would be for police to just fold. It'll and substantially outweigh the number of cops who are going to toe the line and continue on their path, especially in these major cities where I, it is, it is a, my opinion that the worst problems we see with police always come out of these cities that are bracketed, banded, as you said, by the most violent crime in our country. Without them, we'll be a, a, a much better place. Um, Sorry, go ahead. What's everybody's fear right now? I mean, it's like um, you you catch a you catch a felony conviction, get arrested by the cops. That's how the cops rule by fear right now. Law enforcement, three letter the three letter boys, local, state, county, city, whatever, they rule by fear. You know, fear of arrest. Fear of arrest, fear of detention, fear of going to jail. You know, uh, fear of having a record. All of that, and you know, when every when, when it when it all starts, you know, if it ever does, when it ever does, all of that rule by fear goes out the window. Yep. There'll be no more of that. So they're gonna have they're gonna have to make a choice. Seriously, amen. Yeah, uh, I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, they're uh, gonna have to and, make a choice. And you know, with that being said, I mean, obviously. So, Jeremy, we've talked about this extensively in the past, but, um, you know, when we come down to, to where we have those hard divisions, right, um, we, we talked about in, you know, across the South, uh, the, the Midwest, some parts of the Pacific 
Northwest, even, you know, even some uh, isolated areas in like New England and, you know, the, the Southwest, Southwestern states as well. Uh, the divide isn't, is definitely not going to be what they think it is because it's going to come down to a, a, a matter of how people historically have voted and when they abandon those principles versus those who stand by uh, man is incapable of self-rule. And I think that's how horseshoe theory comes, comes all the way back around because I expect to see how, you know, fractionalized the country has been. I expect it to get worse. I expect that you're, you're going to have those people on the right and the left that are in unity on their opinions about how society should be ruled and they will they will align against their their common enemy common enemy which would be the rest of us uh so jeremy with that said uh what are your thoughts on like because i I know we we've talked about this somewhat offline as well what are your what are your thoughts on like horseshoe theory and how the parties align and how the rest of us kind of just fall off the chessboard as it were Everybody's going to fucking team up against liberals. Even your, <laughs> even your hardcore leftists are yeah. going to realign themselves to go against liberals. I, I agree with that 100% for sure. Yeah, I think uh, your hardcore leftists, like the militia, the left-wing militia group that's in Georgia and stuff like that, I think uh, they're going to eat, eat, eat each other. Um, I think you're going to have the far left-wing um, who want a totalitarian government um, and it, that do carry guns, who train and stuff like that, uh, it'll boil down to them versus the right. And if you have to label um, the parties involved, uh, for simplicity's sake, we'll say left and right, um, I think that's what it's going to boil down to. And oddly enough, um, so I lived in Maine for 10 years, um, and I lived about 20 miles northwest of Portland. And Maine is a very interesting state because, I mean, you have people like Susan Collins that keep getting <laughs> reelected in that state, and I have no idea how. Um, because it, it, Honestly, I do. She knows how to play both sides against the middle. That's, that's how she continues to, to get reelected, but... Anyways, my point being is Portland South is essentially North Massachusetts. Um, You've got your hardcore liberals, your hardcore leftists and stuff like that. Any place north of Portland is mostly rural. You've got a lot of your farmers and a lot of stuff like that. And if you look at the election maps, you'll notice that from the middle of Maine North, was red in those counties and everything south of that was blue so to your point a lot of these uh, urban population centers that are normally blue are going to be under siege Um, even if you look at say ohio you look at franklin county which is where columbus is and you look at cleveland and you look at you know uh cincinnati and stuff like that the rest of the state is red but you've got these urban population centers that are blue. Well, those guys that are in the red <laughs> are going to, you know, if they decide that they want to come for you, that 
there's not going to be a whole lot that they can do. Uh, those urban population centers there. Um, yeah. The same and, in Kentucky. Yep. It's almost like all those real uh-huh. urban areas are always surrounded by yep. gun-friendly territories, right? And it's like they're almost always cut off. We have the Knob Creek machine gun shoot here in Kentucky. Are you kidding oh, me? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I got family um, in Kentucky, and I love it out there. That uh, They've used footage from the Knob Creek machine gun shoot the mainstream media has used that as war zone footage Absolutely. before. <laughs> and we've called, <laughs> no, seriously, people have called them out for it. You have two major urban areas here in Kentucky that are blue surrounded by red. And for the first yep. time in a hundred years, this entire state has more Republican voters than Democrat voters for the first time in a hundred years. I cannot wait for the reading when all of this goes down in midterms, I, I'm going to be drinking it up. I'm going to be drinking up the tears online, man. I'm going to watch them just like just annihilate each other on, on social media, man. I hope they go at it in the streets. I want to see them. I, I want to see them go at each other in the streets, man. I really do. This is going to be you know, honestly, hilarious. To that point, Bandit, you know, you see a lot of these Antifa people and you <laughs> see um, a lot of these left-wing people that are causing issues with normally peaceful people invading mm-hmm. them while they're eating at a restaurant. And one thing sticks out in my mind every single time these jackasses cause a problem in public, nobody fights back. Why is that? If one of these Antifa people approaches you in the street, I mean, I'm quite certain being in the company that I'm in that you would not hesitate to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. But these people yep. just sit here and take it. And I, not I don't know that. if it's a stigma that people are afraid of. Um, if Antifa there is. Antifa tried that shit in Portland, Oregon at a 1%er biker bar. <laughs> oh, that ended well, didn't it? This, this year yeah, is going to be. Well, all right. This this year is going to be telling of one thing leading up to the midterms, and I expect, and this is probably the last thing I've got to say for tonight before I before I hand it back over to to you guys, is what we saw with the with the reemergence of constitutional carry. Now, this doesn't mean that the media is still not going to try to spin this negatively. If demonstrations turn violent and people start smashing shit again. If this year is any telling of that in constitutional carry, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to wind up as either in a casket or in a hospital bed. They're going to get ventilated. ventilated. People are going to fight back. They are not going to put up with this bullshit. I fully expect that. And I still expect the media to try to spin this in some stupid way that whatever the fuck they could manufacture out of it. But the the point remains is that is what I expect leading up to the midterms. Well, it's already going that way. More more and more people are tired of this, like people like taking their shit and just running out of the store. There are more and Mm -hmm. more people are standing up to this more and more. They're like, if I owned something, you know, and I guarantee 
everybody is in agreement with me. If you had a shop and people thinking they could just come in and smash your shit up and take their shit, take your shit and run out. I'm sorry, yeah, man. It's just not going to happen, now, man. Now, it, now, it, now, we'll now, go back to the rooftop Koreans, man. My only interjection yep. is I don't give a fuck if you rob Walmart. No, I don't. I don't give two <laughs> shits if you rob Walmart or Target or no. Dollar General or any of those giant chain corporations. I, I can give two shits less if you rob them. Honest to God. Leave my tractor supply alone, man. I need to feed the chickens, okay? but like your little low okay the all right here, here we go the 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 nonsense of the american dream is a strip through town that's usually four lanes full of fucking corporate restaurants mcdonald's target corporate grocery stores corporate fucking this that and the other blah 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 and you're dwindled down to the little bit of nothingness in the town's little square this is a, this is pretty common how george is laid out everywhere and in the little square, you'll have you'll have a couple you'll have a couple local restaurants, maybe one kind of low level chain kind of Mexican restaurant or something or barbecue restaurant, and then like you know just a couple locally owned businesses. And outside that square, there's nothing really else local anymore because it's all gobbled up by corporations that everybody fucking wants because everybody needs their fucking Taco Bell. And I'm just like, you are the problem. Like these bringing in these corporations and letting your town vote these corporations in a great example of what it does is the yep. county that I live in, the, the county that I live in and the house that I currently live in has yearly taxes under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. The next county over that's full of a bunch of stupid bullshit that nobody needs. Like the things that I just listed, the average county tax for the, or the state tax you pay for the same house that I'm in is over a thousand dollars for a year. Yeah. And just state, like state subsidize these big one corporations. Two counties north of you is the major metro area and that is unlivable. Unlivable. Completely unlivable. unlivable. So it and, is. And, and it's and like don't give me you know Okay, this is one of those things that I hate when I hear like capitalists go on a rant about shit. Like this is this is an argument I have. I'm like, okay, but what's what's the end result? Because the only thing you thrive on is the capital that you gain. And look at look at your McDonald's, look at your Amazons, look at your Walmarts. Like they're they have destroyed the mom and pop corner store. And I know the mom and pop corner store might have been more. You know what? But at least it was a quality fucking product. Poisonous con- poisonous consumerism. Poisonous yep. has, has been one of the downfalls of the of the latter half of the 20th century, and certainly now it continues. Oh, if, if all of the major corporations in the United States imploded right now, I would for, for, for consumer products, okay? Let me, let me specify for consumer products. If all of the major corporations, or if all the major corporations for consumer products suddenly expl- imploded tomorrow, three quarters of the population would be shit out of luck and wouldn't know what to do. Yes. Yep. They wouldn't yeah. know where to shop for their food. They wouldn't they know to shop K. for Roger, anything. They'd be in trouble. Yeah. They and, wouldn't know where to go get food. And it and that and that's always been something I've I, I've heavily leaned on is that you should learn a skill. You should actively want to learn a skill that will help you if things go from bad to worse. And, and they will continue to get worse until it gets better. 
Yeah. And you can barter with that skill. You know, not only is that skill good for you, but you can barter with that skill. That's like, all right, when when people get into prepping, like, um, I believe in canning. I believe in storing up some things, you know, like that I can and stuff like that as far as like food and a little bit of alcohol and stuff. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that I, I'm just like, no, you want to know why? One, it's within an arm's reach of me out in the woods. And battlefield recovery. And number two, battlefield recovery. Why yeah. spend why spend all this money and time on hoarding things? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, man. When I can just wait a few weeks and go out and go on adventures and find all the great shit that these I mean, boys fucking soaked up and got loot me. drops, man. There's gonna be some platinum fucking loot drops. You know, all you have to do is wait it out for a couple of weeks, man. That's no it. sense. I, I, I give you. Perfect no example. Dying in the street like a dog, even though you know that's probably what's going to happen. We're going to die in the street right? like dogs. But you know what? Honorable. It's an honorable death. If you wait it out, dude, your neighborhood is going to be loot drops, man. You're going to have plenty of food and gear and supplies just laying around for the stupid people that went crazy. All right. So, so here's a life hack. When the when the <laughs> midterm elections come around, look and see which political party your neighbor puts the yard signs in. Yeah. If they're liberal, they're stockpiling supplies for you. <laughs> yeah. But and the thing is, because they don't believe in firearms. So yeah. If, <laughs> you just wait a couple of weeks and I then see. you can go take their shit. Or no, like the stupid but, shit here in Kentucky is – uh, the governor always said, "Light your house green to support, to support. You know, we're in this together." And he's a huge <laughs> liberal nut job. So if you see, all I got to do is look for a green, a green porch light at night, man. <sighs> so here's here's another another book that I'll throw out at you guys. That um, so when I got out of the military and when I was working for the DoD, I started to realize I was, um, you know, they they preached preparedness and i kind of looked around and we lost power one winter in maine due to a pretty bad ice storm for about three hours or three days excuse me three days well we didn't have a generator so my wife and i who is also a veteran um had the conversation uh this is not good we don't have a way to power our home we have uh we don't have a, a, a generator and we really don't have a lot of stuff. Luckily it was the winter time. So our, our, our food didn't go bad, but um, it kind of opened our eyes to being prepared for emergency situations. So we started back then and it's progressively, you know, snowballed to where we've been stockpiling more and more stuff. Um, but one, another book that I'll throw out to you guys that really kind of opened my eyes to, a completely different scenario is called One Second After by William Forston. Um, it hit particularly close to home because it's written here in North Carolina. Um, and it, the storyline is, without giving all, too much away, is what would happen if an EMP was detonated over the United States and took down the electrical grid. You want to talk about eye-opening and uh, extremely uncomfortable, um, that'll do it. It's a three-book series. Um, the first book is probably the best out of the series. The second one, 
um, is 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 pretty decent. And the third one, I think, was written just to kind of close the loose ends. Um, but if you want to kind of a roadmap to make sure that you have covered all of your bases, those are the those are the books to read. Um, and of course, it's fictional, but possible. Yeah. There's Can more I, truth I wanna, in fiction I, than people realize. I want to retort. I'm yeah. going to put on my tinfoil hat here, okay? Tinfoil hat. <laughs> Please do. Um, I don't think it's going to be something like an EMP, okay? They want – people in power want to rule over something, okay? They want, they, they want, something, they, they want something there to rule over. You know what I mean? Right. Because power is perceived, you know, and if they don't have subjects, they are no longer in power. You know what I mean? That's correct. They don't have any infrastructure left or people left. They no longer have power over something and therefore are no longer in power. I think they... God, man, I don't want to seem like doom and gloom, man, because... I apologize, Jimmy, for uh, being a doom and gloom right now. Okay, I, I, I you know, because we get enough of that. Uh, <laughs> um, it, there will be a culling. To what extent? Don't know when. We don't know, and but the method will be of a way that there will be something left to rule over after it's all said and done, you know, just less there, less populous, less subjects. So therefore they can rule with even more of a tighter grip, iron fist, whatever. That is the, that is the, what they want, whether or not they get that probably not going to happen. Highly unlikely, you know, because in the end, well, People are gonna. We're gonna win, man. It's 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 it's. We're gonna win. So, not to give away too much of the book, if you're interested in reading it. But what if it's? So you're absolutely correct. It is a government that wanted something to rule, um, and they. But this government wanted to expand its horizons and acquire the natural resources of our country without ruining them with nuclear war. <laughs> Harvesting. So, what's that? Harvesting. Yeah, that's exactly right. I so it was, a foreign, it was a foreign government um, that was interested in expanding its territory. And uh, I think there was two or three in the book that did expand their territory and they were able to harvest those natural resources and provide colonization for their population without destroying its natural resources. However, because and essentially this timeline took place over a couple of years, which more or less all of New York, Florida was completely wiped out. There was some pockets in Chicago and, and different places like that, but yeah, it w- it's uh, it was pretty eye-opening of the possibilities that could happen in a situation like that. So, I'll, I'll just leave you with that. If you guys read the books, I mean, it was uh, I found them, 
uh, entertaining and informative at the same time. And my wife and I read them together. We actually listened to them on audiobook, and instead of watching TV, mindless TV, for we would sit out on the front porch and we would listen to this book. And like I said, she was a veteran as well, and we would look at each other and be like, "Are we really prepared if something were to happen? Like, not even on that scale, but you know, are we are we really prepared to survive even?" Uh, you know, like a hurricane that went through and wiped out New Jersey for two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever it was. So, and uh, we kind of took that to heart and um, we have decided that we need to add redundancies to, you know, our, our, our plan. And, um, you know, so anyways, I'll leave you guys with that. Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. I don't have anything else, but uh, I, yeah, I have something I'd like to talk with you guys about offline because I think you just made an excellent point. But uh, Jimmy, I'll I'll hand it back to you. That's all I got for tonight. Anything else you want to throw in there before we close out there, Bandit? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been good. Yeah, no, this is this has been fantastic. And again, you know. Jeremy, I, I appreciate you coming on this evening and giving us your perspective and, you know, just getting on here and dealing with our antics and such. You know, it was it was it was nice having you on. And of course, you're welcome. Any back anytime you want to come back on and have conversation with us. You know, we we're always open to it, especially if you got something to come with. I'm I'm always good to hear good perspectives on things and and good warnings to people without trying to get too gloom and doom. Like, I know I know what you were right. I know, you know, you know, Banner. I mean, there is some things we have no choice but to face, but we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to focus on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's acknowledge it. Let's worry about fixing it. But right now, we need to worry about coming together because, to me, that's the most important thing. Is finding more reasons for all of us to come together, not just gloom and doom. Like, because there's a lot out here that we could all be doing to make this place a better place. You know, that's like like we talked about in the past a lot some of the different guests we have on there are people out here trying to make the world a better place even though it's all falling apart and that's what i even hope to do here is just introduce some good people with some good ideas so as normally you know i i appreciate you guys just hanging out with me and having great conversation this evening and uh excuse me i apologize i had a bit of a cough May your anchor be tight, your cork be loose, your rum be spiced, and your compass be true. Y'all have a fantastic evening. Thank you.